Well, I found her out in Baltimore. She never tried to show me the door. She said, Stay. Ladies and gentlemen, Rob Port from SanityBlog.com, North Dakota's most popular political blog here on WDAY with you this afternoon. No guests today, we're just going to talk. You can join in, anything you want to talk about, 701-293-9000, is a toll-free number, email talk at WDAY.com. We, um... Entering the uh, the last days of the legislature before crossover. Crossover is the the midway point. Although I, I think the, the legislators are, were planning on taking Friday off. So if, if they only work through Thursday, they'll have only used up 36 days of their 80 days they're allowed by the state constitution. So at the halfway point, they will have used up a little less than half of their legislative days. Means they'll have an, an emergency approximately four days to go. If well, they need I, them. well, depending on how it works out at the end, there's, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of stuff because the second half is the House having to agree to the bills that the Senate passed and vice versa, mm-hmm. and particularly with appropriations, you see them bounce back and forth. It becomes like a ping pong match at the end, where they're <laughs> bouncing back bills back and forth, and they, um, there are a lot of areas for sharp disagreement. And as a matter of fact, the issue. Last session in 2015, you know, they had an issue that went down to the wire with the uh, health care plan for state public employees. Uh, the the PERS board, which is the Public Employee Retirement System Board, which also oversees the health benefits, uh, they switched from Blue Cross Blue Shield to Sanford. Uh, the state House of Representatives didn't like that so much. They tried to put some legislation in the PERS budget to address that. Uh, the Senate didn't agree. It went down to the wire. Everybody was hanging around to like 4 in the morning or something like that. I don't know. It went late. And then finally, the, the House just went signy die, just went out of, just closed down shop for the session, and the bill never actually passed. And so they actually had to come back and use some of their leftover days to uh, call everybody back to Bismarck to to settle that issue. So... Hopefully we don't have that again. But, yeah, if they have some leftover days, they could call themselves back into session. Um, as long as they have days left out of that 80. Once they get beyond that 80, then the governor has to call them back for a special session. That's the only way they can reconvene. I, as a matter of fact, this last interim, when they reconvened themselves, I, I believe that was the first time in the history of the state that they'd ever actually used that authority. And now that I'm done boring everybody with minutia about the legislature... <laughs> We can move on. Uh, yeah, they're doing two-a-day two floor sessions now. A couple of interesting bills uh, passed. We're going to talk about that. Um, but I, I want to talk about something with Donald Trump. I want to hit on national stuff for, for just a minute. And I'm, I don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of only paying a little bit of attention to what's going on nationally. I'm just reading some headlines and stuff. But something happened with, with this Swedish terror attack and that Trump supposedly referred to that Made me think, remember a while ago, Natil, we were talking on air about that article about the Sinbad movie from the 1990s that all these people thought they saw but doesn't actually exist? Something like where he plays a genie. 
He, yes, yes. He was like Kazam or Shazam or something like that. I forget how it went, but it's it, – and I'm one of those people. I mean, I, mean, I, I could swear I saw that movie, or, or, but apparently it, it doesn't exist. And there's all these theories about it, about, you know, the multiverse and, and all these, these crazy – about why people feel that way. But it's it's this thing that everybody thinks they know that turns out not to be true. And so I was I was thinking about that, and it, and it was this issue with, with Trump, and at his Florida rally, he supposedly referenced a terror attack in Sweden that didn't actually happen, right? No, no, there was no terror attack in Sweden. Everybody knows that now. But I was I went back and actually was watching video of that speech, and, and what if I told you that nowhere does, does Donald Trump mention a terror attack in Sweden? No, he, he doesn't mention a terror attack. What he does do is sort of refer to the idea that Sweden has seen an increase in crime rates since they've been allowing more refugees in, right. which is also untrue. Okay. Well, yeah, I, I don't know about that. The well, headline it's, it's that super, I, it super is. It super is untrue. Okay. The, the Swedish well, government has come out and said that that's untrue. People in Sweden have been speaking out against it. I'll take your word for it. I, I don't know. I'm not a Swede. I don't follow Swedish domestic policy all that closely, so... I'll take your word for it. I, I don't know if that's true or not. The problem, though, is that it was widely reported that Trump was referencing a terror attack in Sweden. And it was a reference made, you know, they were kind of lining it up with what his, one of his advisors, Kellyanne Conway, said. Oh, the, the Bowling Bo Green. The Bowling Green terror attack, right? So everybody was like, you know, Trump referenced a fictional, as a matter of fact, here, here here's a USA Today headline. Uh, Trump explains odd rally reference to attack in Sweden. Uh, from Vox, Trump's invention of a Swedish terror attack was funny. Uh, this is from NBC News. Donald Trump explains Sweden terror comment. Uh, this is from the New York Times. Uh, no, well, that one wasn't so bad. Um, Sweden terror attack. That was from the Irish Independent. NBC News. Uh, during Florida rally, uh, Trump, uh, Trump appears to make up terror-related incident. Uh, that was from NBCNews.com. Uh, Trump gets trolled after he suggests there was a terror attack in Sweden. I mean, it was all over the place that, that he talked about a terror attack, and he didn't. He didn't reference a terror attack. That didn't actually happen. I mean, I, I'm reading all these headlines, and I'm thinking, well, you know, great, he made things up again. And I'm not, def I'm not defending Trump. The guy, the guy says things that are demonstrably false all the time, right? I mean, it happens with depressing regularity. But what bothers me is this this assumption that we're going to jump to, right? I mean, it's we have all this sanctimonious posturing from the White House press corps, right? They're our, they're our last line of defense against, you know, Donald Trump. He's a dictator. And they're, they're setting themselves up as, as, you know, America's paladins. And then they pull something like this. And, and it, again, it, it gets me back to this feeling that we are stuck in a story with two unreliable narrators. We have Trump who says false things, and we have the media who says false, exaggerated things. Trump didn't talk about a terror attack in Sweden. Now, he absolutely referenced uh, apparently what was a segment on Tucker Carlson on Fox News uh, where a filmmaker in Sweden was talking about increased problems that they're having from immigration and refugees and I don't know anything about that 
Natil says it's not actually a problem in Sweden. I don't know. I haven't looked into it. I take Natil's word for it. From what I've looked into, it's not a problem in Sweden. It's it's there's more problems across the border in Finland, but even that isn't nearly the sure. the demonstratively big thing that this particular filmmaker was making it out to be. Right. So, but we can have a debate. I mean, there's obviously some somebody is alleging that there are big problems. Other people are saying it's not such a problem. We can have a debate, but that is a much different thing than the president of the United States made up a terror incident. That, to me, is a completely distinct thing. You could disagree with Trump, or you could say that he's got his facts wrong if he's saying that there are increased problems in Sweden with crime or whatever related to immigration or refugee status, but you don't get to say that he just made up a terror attack because he didn't. I can actually read you his words. This is what he said. He said, I quote, and this isn't going to be as good because I can't, I can't do Trump and his weird diction, but this is what he said. You look at what's happening in Germany. You look at what's happening last night in Sweden. Sweden, who would believe this? Sweden, they, look, they took in large numbers. They're having problems like they never thought possible. You look at what's happening in Brussels. You look at what's happening all over the world. Take a look at Nice. Take a look at Paris. Now, he's, he's referencing... Sweden having problems. Now, we can agree with that. We can have a debate about that, but he's not talking about a terror attack. The problem is that he juxtaposes it right next to places that had terror attacks, and the way that he speaks isn't as clear as it needs to be. I so he, he sort but, of leaves you with sure. this net, with the need to, to fill in the gaps of what he's saying. Now, do I agree with these the news reports that say he made up a terror attack in Sweden? No, because that's not what he did. But at the same time, he's he's not helping his case by being that right. vague. And I, I understand that. And I am not defending Trump. But on the other side, Trump has is trying to make he's made the media the op, the opposition party, right? Does it help their case when mainstream, very large audience media outlets jump to the conclusion that he made up a terror attack. They report that in their headlines, in their stories. He made up a terror attack, and he didn't. That doesn't help their credibility either. Let's go to a caller. Don's got a comment. What's up, Don? Well, he did make up a terror attack. What he said was, what ha- he's talking about terror attacks, and then he said, look what happened in Sweden last night. Look what happened last night. Now, he needs to get his information from his... His uh, spies, you know, his intelligence briefings, not watch Fox News and get he his did information. Not, Don, he, he did not make up a terror stuff. attack. He, and, and, and even even to Natil's point that he juxtaposed it with Nice and Paris, where terror attacks did happen, he also juxtaposed it with Germany, which the issue in Germany has been a larger debate over, you know, refugees and immigrations with Angela he, he Merkel said, and that. look what happened in Sweden just last night in Sweden. See, he said, he said look Sweden. at what's happening. He said, here, I'm, I've got the transcript in front of me. I have the video at sayanythingblog.com if you want to watch it. Here's what he said. He said, you look at what's happening in Germany. You look at what's happening last night in Sweden. He says, last they're, have, they're Sweden, having problems. So there was no, that. He said, what's this, happening? Happening, as in like an ongoing thing, not as in like one incident where they had a terror attack. And again, if there is confusion over what he's saying, if he's saying that something's happening in Sweden and people aren't sure what that is, the proper thing to do is to get clarity from the president 
on what he said, not to jump to the conclusion that he's making up a terror attack. That is false. That is fake news. That feeds right into the narrative that Trump is using to attack the media. And if the media doesn't want to be attacked on that front, they should stop giving him fodder. That's well, the Trump point that I'm trying to, to make. Intelligence from his intelligence people, not from Fox News. I don't disagree. And if you want to criticize Trump for saying stupid things that aren't based in fact, I'm with you. But I don't think the media should lower themselves to Trump's standards. That's my point. Thanks for the call, Don. Hey, this uh, Eric, we had a podcast listener, I think Eric, recommended this bump. It's Metallica's Ride the Lightning. Enjoy, Eric. Thanks for the recommend. We'll be back right after this. Don't go away. Welcome back, 701-293-9000, 888-970-9329, email talk at Listen, I am tired of being put in a position of having to defend Donald Trump, right? I, I don't like what he's done to the conservative movement. I think in some ways... He's turned conservatism from an ideology that was based on very, agree with him or not, that was based on defined principles, and he's turned it into a sort of cult of personality. I don't like that. It scares me. I don't really like the war he's picking on the press. The problem is, I am also kind of tired of the press living up to his criticism. You can't just make things up that he said. At best, what he said during that rally in Florida was ambiguous, was confused, was conflicted. And so the proper response is to seek clarity. What did you mean, Mr. President? What happened in Sweden? What are you talking about? Not, oh, he was talking about a terror attack. That's a leap you don't make. If you care about truth, if you care about accuracy, you don't make a leap from there. You don't make it to there. You don't jump to that conclusion. I mean, listen, I get why, why people are scared, particularly people in the journalism industry are, are scared about what Trump's saying about the media. I mean, you, you combine the media has very, very low trustworthy levels, right? I mean, a lot of people in the public are saying they don't trust journalists anymore. And then you have a national politician who's out to capitalize on that lack of trust. That puts us in a scary position. We cannot take the First Amendment for granted. We can't just assume that the sort of restrictions that we see in other countries and other places around the world, the restrictions on the press, on the media, can't happen here because they could happen here. And we need to be vigilant about that. We need to guard against that. But you know what's going to grease the skids 
on the rails that lead down into that exact sort of oppression, that exact sort of restriction? Is the press making themselves into the opposition party that Donald Trump says they are? Is the press making mistakes like this one, like the Associated Press reporting that Trump was going to call up 100,000 National Guard troops to round up illegal immigrants? That sort of sensationalism, that sort of bogus reporting, is only going to prove Trump's point. When you do these things, you're helping Trump. 701-293-9000, email talk at WDAY.com. We've got a call on the line. Bill, what's up? Well, if you, I think if you check it out, you're going to find out that Sweden is number two rape capital of the world right now. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know well, anything about those. I haven't, well, I haven't well, checked that's them That's kind of terrorist, isn't it, when they're, when they're raping you? No, it's not. Yeah, I mean, oh, that's, that's, good, that's, huh? that, is, that is distinct. I mean, that's a crime, and it's a terrible crime, but I think when you invoke the term terrorist, I mean, you can certainly say somebody was terrorized by a rapist, but when you say the well, word terrorism, the bottom, which kind of Trump, terror, it? Well, it, well, it is, yeah, it's, it's terror, but if you say the term terrorism, people think of, you know, political, like organized, you know, a, a group of people or a oh. person trying to advance a political cause through well, murder and, and fear. Too, you know. Let's you know. not listen. That's and this is the other side of the equation. Trump supporters need to hold Trump responsible too. When he says things that are inaccurate, he needs to be held responsible for that bill. Does it not bother I think you? Person needs to check out the fact checkers. Sometimes these other fact checkers are also fake. I don't disagree. Check that out, and you'll find out that he probably isn't wrong. I, well, I, I don't you know. know. I, I, I have not. I have not. Fact checkers that they advertise. There, there are a lot of bogus. They'll figure. They'll. They'll grab. But we can't. We can't assume that the fact. And they'll put that on. No, it was wrong. Just like on the debates. He said, "Oh, you're wrong." Fact checkers, quick, you know. And then all of a sudden, he was right. Yeah. You know, so these fact checkers, you got to check the fact checkers, yeah. check it out for yourself, and then you'll find out. I, so, I, I I agree with that. I agree with that. You've got to put some effort into some of well, these sure, things. You and you can't just, you can't sure just believe what's in the headlines. fact checkers aren't lying. You can't just believe, to, because if you believe a lie, it makes you a liar, too. Well, I, I don't disagree with that, Bill. Thanks for the call. Yeah, bye. That's, that's you know, that's the larger issue here. And, and again, that gets back to the, the, the quandary that we're in where we're not we're not sure we could trust the president but we're not frankly sure that we could trust the people who whose job it is to hold the press accountable either to hold the president accountable either you know that's the press's job and a lot of times they don't do very good at it and i i i think what happens is there there is a political myopia in the press corps they hate donald trump they really do there aren't a lot of republican voters let alone trump voters in the press corps and so because they don't have that diversity of thought, things like this slip through. I think that's what happens. Anyway, more to come straight ahead. 701-293-9000, We're going to talk a little bit about what the legislature is getting up to. They uh, passed a, uh, a drone bill failed today about weapons on drones. We'll talk a little bit about that. But a bill to limit civil asset forfeiture passed. I got the details for you coming up next on The Rob Report. Don't go away.
your wishes all come true. May you always do for others and let others do for you. Welcome back, Rob Report. 701-293-9000-888-970-9329. Email talk at WDAY.com. Until you said you were looking up some info, that caller said uh, something about Sweden being like the rape capital of the world. You got yeah. any answers on that? Um, I I have not been able to find any information that would I'm verify skeptical. that claim. All I've What I have been able to find is that uh, the number of reported rapes went down from 2014 to 2015 and then back up slightly from 2015 to 2016. There was not a sharp jump either way. And that the increases that they had seen pre-2010 to post-2010 had to do with the number of reported rapes, not the number of actual rape incidents, because the definition of rape in Swedish legal terminology changed. All right. So that's what I found. I'm a little skeptical. I'm a little feisty about it. (laughs) I'm a little skeptical that Sweden has that big of a problem. Although, listen... I wish that we were capable of talking about this with with one another, not talking about you and I, Natil, but I wish as Americans we were capable of talking about some of these things like adults and not it's either Sweden is the rape capital of the world or there's no problems with with refugees or immigration and and even talking about it as racist. I mean, we, we saw this actually something sort of like this play out. And I should, you know what? I should get to Greg's email. Let me let me get to Greg's email, and then I'll dive into where I was going there. Uh, Greg emails, uh, Rob, I voted for Trump. I am a fiscal conservative. Trump could put an end to all of this simply like by acting like a president. He needs to get off Twitter and quit reading to the press and quit reacting to the press. Excuse me. He just needs to go about the business of the country. Trump does himself no favors by going to his winter White House and wasting the country's money faster than obama he is an embarrassment to all of us that thoughtfully voted for him there's a there's a trump voter with some buyer's remorse um listen as far as you know trump the trump travel stories i think those are probably as silly as like the obama travel stories and golf stories every president travels it's really expensive to provide all the security and travel arrangements that the first family needs um, whether it's Republican or Democrat, it just costs a lot of money. And you know what? Given the the political realities, the security realities around that, just cool it, right? It wasn't a story when Obama was doing it. It's not a story now that Trump's doing it. Just let it go. Um, let's see. Gene says, uh, you're not quoting exactly what Trump said about the Swedish incident. In context, he was talking about recent actual terror attacks in Paris, Nice, etc., he then said, stated, look what happened in Sweden last night. He was not talking about the impact of immigration in Sweden generally. He said last night, he later tweeted that he got his information from a Fox News show. Keep up the good work. Actually, I, I did read specifically in context what Trump said, and I'll read it again. He said, you look at what's happening in Germany. You look at what's happening last night in Sweden. Sweden, who would believe this? Sweden, they took in large numbers. They're having problems like they never thought possible. You look at what's happening in Brussels. You look at what's happening all over the world. Take a look at Nice. Take a look at Paris. In that list, some of those are references to attacks. Others are not. Germany is not a reference to an attack. Now, he did say last night in Sweden, I assume he misspoke. He later clarified and said he was referring to something he saw on a Tucker Carl- on Tucker Carlson show on Fox News. But at best, his comments are confused. 
And if you're confused about what he meant, if you don't know what he's talking about when he said in Sweden, last night in Sweden, then you ask him and you get that clarification. You don't jump to the conclusion that he's talking about a terror attack. And if you jump to that conclusion, then you're perpetrating fake news. I'm sorry. That's just reality. 701-293-9000, Got a caller. Jim, what's up, Jim? Yeah, hi, Rob. There's a really good uh, 60 Minutes uh, episode on this. If you YouTube it, it's uh, 60 Minutes Crew Attacked by Refugees in Sweden. Okay. Um, and they talked to some people there, uh, some refugees there, and it's pretty eye-opening. They are having a lot of problems over there, and uh, I just suggest you just watch it. All right. I'll look it up. Thanks for the recommendation, Thanks. Jim. I um, There is... And by the way, if you want to join in, 701-293-9000, talk at WDAY.com. We need to be able to talk about this stuff as adults because, again, it's like it's like the, the two sides that are shouting at each other is the side that wants us to believe that Sweden's the rape capital of the world and all, all Muslims are terrorists and blah, 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 which is not accurate. And then the other side, which is even talking about the social or fiscal challenges that might come along with refugee resettlement or immigration, even talking about those things is racist and bigoted and and beyond the pale. And we saw that actually play out in the House of Representatives yesterday, right here in North Dakota. Uh, There was legislation, originally this legislation, which was introduced by Representative Chris Olson of West Fargo, uh, it would have required... uh, data reporting regarding crime statistics and fiscal impacts for refugee resettlement in North Dakota. It would have also given the governor the authority to pause resettlement for the state or any given community uh, if the governor felt it was appropriate. And I, I believe that, that local cities or counties or whatever could petition the governor to, to do that. Uh, that bill was amended into a study. And so what's going to happen is the legislature is going to, you know, if, if the bill makes it all the way through and it passed in the House yesterday, what the legislature would do is study the issue of refugee resettlement and, and come up with some of that data, you know, in terms of the impacts or whatever. Representative Mary Schneider, a Democrat from Fargo, went off the rails about it on the House floor. She said, I quote, it was conceived in ignorance, in fear and born in prejudice and suspicion. The study has given life from a mean spirited bill. And it guarded that nature in its current form. It's designed to look for and report only the negatives. That's what she said about Representative Olson, basically insulting him on the House floor. And, you know, Representative Olson responded to it. He said, I quote, to impugn my motives is completely out of order, and I would hope for an apology. Uh, And then he pointed out that, you know, the refugee resettlement programs in some ways has become an unfunded mandate, and it's proper to study it and find data and find ways to improve it. And what was really telling is that another Democrat stood up and spoke in support of the bill. Is Representative Kathy Hogan, also a Democrat from Fargo, as a matter of fact, represents the exact same legislative district that Mary Schneider does. And what she did is she got up and said, I think this study is very, very important. She said it's not perfect. But she said that a previous study that the state of North Dakota did back in the early 2000s into this same issue actually resorted, it resulted in the state increasing appropriations for English language learning programs, which are the programs, obviously, when, when refugees come into our state, there's a language barrier there, and those programs help them learn the English language so they can help integrate into our society. But I think Representative Schneider's 
attack on Representative Olson was, I, I, I think, emblematic of, of the overall debate about this, where it's like we can't talk to each other like grown-ups about this stuff. It's like either one side or the other. Either you're out there and you think every Muslim's a terrorist and you, you really are, frankly, bigoted against Muslims or refugees or what have you. Or you think everybody is like that first class of people I just talked about. And it's not fair. There are legitimate public policy concerns to be had about immigration and refugee status. And I'm sorry, our, our current, you want to talk about, like, for instance, the Mexican border? Our current current policy of just kind of looking the other way and letting wave after wave of illegal immigrant come into the country and just sort of tolerating it has created a problem. It has created an underclass of citizen. People, and, and I don't even want to say citizen, an underclass demographic in our country of people who aren't quite citizens. It has created resentment. It has created, you know, funding, fiscal challenges. It has created social challenges. And it's right to have a debate about how to solve those things. And it's right for part of that debate to talk about maybe we ought to restrict some of these things. Maybe we ought to look at how many we allow into the country to ensure that when we're settling them, whether I mean, I'm talking about different things, immigration is different than refugees, so I'm, I guess I'm conflating things here. But all I'm saying is that it's okay to have these debates. And yes, some people in the debate are going to be motivated by fear and hatred of people because of their skin color or because of their religion or because they're foreign. Yes, that is a small part of the debate. But it's not everybody. And we ought to stop focusing on those people and have a grown-up debate about these issues. And stop insulting one another. What Representative Schneider did yesterday on the House floor was just reprehensible, irresponsible, disgusting. I, as far as I know, Representative Olson asked for an apology. She hasn't apologized. She should. She probably won't. We'll wrap it up right after this. The Rob Report, 701-293-9000, We'll be back right after this. Screaming, telling me that I don't belong. Lately life's been the same. I find this comfortable place with all my friends. Welcome back, Rob Report, 701-293-9000, email talk at WDAY.com. Played a request from a listener earlier for the bump music. If you've got requests, you can email them to me uh, or uh, tweet them to me, too, at Rob Port. We don't mind uh, being a little interactive with the music around here. Not at all. It's kind of fun. Yeah. All right, so uh, we're going to get off Trump now. Uh, in the state legislature, there uh, was... Uh, do you know what civil asset forfeiture is, Natil? Not off the top of my head, I don't. It's a little bit down on the weeds. All right. It, civil asset forfeiture is a process by which your property can be convicted of crimes using what's called a preponderance of evidence standard, which is a much lower standard than the beyond a reasonable doubt standard that you get when you're accused of a crime. And so what happens is, is if police suspects that your property, say, some money, cash, uh, your car, uh, your house, your boat, things like that, 
was used in a crime, they could go to court and they can and in a, a civil procedure that is separate from any criminal procedure that might be initiated against you. As a matter of fact, the civil procedure doesn't even actually require that you be charged with a crime. They can initiate the civil procedure against you and seize. Well, well, I guess first they seize the property and then they initiate a civil procedure against you to have you forfeit that property. And then ultimately the people who get to keep the property is them. So if they find that you have $10,000 in cash on you and they believe that that cash was part of some sort of crime, maybe they think you going to buy drugs with it or got it from selling drugs or something like that. They can initiate a civil procedure against that cash and then using a very low evidentiary standard, keep it in court. Now, in other states, this has been abused horribly. I can see where it would be. Yes. Because, I mean, really it creates, and, and Representative Rick Becker, who sponsored the legislation that I'm about to talk about, he called it a perverse incentive for law enforcement to seize property, right? Because they profit from it. North Dakota North Dakota law enforcement does not do this very often. I think it's about $400,000 in property a year. I have no idea how much of that would be, uh, you know, is good forfeiture or not. Uh, we're second, though, in North, in only to South Dakota in the lowest amount in the nation per capita, I think. So... We don't do a lot of it here in North Dakota, but still, it's something that can happen, and it shouldn't happen. Um, and so what Representative Becker's bill does, and it passed in the State House today on a 50-42 to 42 vote. You can watch the full video of the floor debate at sayanythingblog.com if you want. It's House Bill 1170. What it does is two things. It first makes it so that the proceeds from any forfeiture of property goes to the state's general fund. It does not go to law enforcement. It goes to the general fund. I think that's good. That removes that financial incentive to where maybe, you know, and I don't I don't think law enforcement agencies in North Dakota are doing this, or if they are doing it, it's certainly not widespread. But it removes any possibility from even the appearance of impropriety that a law enforcement agency might be motivated by the gain by gain for their department in seizing property. And the other thing is it requires a criminal conviction before the property can be forfeited. So you actually have, you know, they can't just say, well, we think your boat was used in a crime. They now actually have to convict you of that crime before your property's forfeit. Sounds like good reform to me, because under the way things are now, you could actually be accused of a crime, have your property seized, have it forfeited, and then be exonerated of that crime. Believe it or not, that is possible under the law. Do you, so that get, your property, do you get your property back after you if after you nope. were exonerated? Tough. It's a it's a it's a separate procedure. Sort of oh, like how OJ that's crummy. Sort of like sort of like how OJ Simpson, right? With the uh, he was found uh, he was found not guilty in criminal court, but then in civil court was found liable. It's two different courts, two different systems. Well, I so like that, the reform. I like the reform too. It will take North Dakota from an F rating on civil asset forfeiture to an A, which is a good thing. Read up more about that at SayAnythingBlog.com. Remember, you can catch me here 1 to 2 p.m. Monday through Friday or 24 hours a day, seven days a week at SayAnythingBlog.com. Jay Thomas Show, coming up next. Stay tuned.